Good morning, good morning. So what did, for those of you who were here, Pastor Kathy speak about kind of one of the main points? And I know it's tough. The whole week's gone by. But if anybody's taken any notes or had a chance to listen to it again, does anybody kind of recall what one of the main themes that she was after? New, yep. The one that really hit me was unity. You know, to be able to do things for God and to be able to produce for God, it was never meant to be a one-man show. It was never meant to be a superhero out front and the crowd cheering behind him. It was always meant to be a thing of unity. And, and so I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that here this morning and run with that because it's, it's basically what was on my heart. You know, we're kicking off Helps Ministry here. We're kicking off a new season here at Harvest Church. Yes, we have a new building. We have new walls and new paint and new carpet and new sound system. And all this new stuff is fun and exciting and it's good. But this is merely a building. And it's just merely a representation of what's going on. And I hope to jar you awake this morning, if you haven't picked up on it yet, that God is doing a new thing. And if you haven't heard him say that and you haven't heard Pastor Kathy say that and you haven't heard us talking about that yet, it's time to open up your ears and hear it because God is up to a new thing here and now and it's kicking off and it visually has already started. And God, again, it's not about the building. We could have done it in this building if it was crapshooted with the walls tore up and everything else. It's not about the building, but it's sure ironic how all of this takes place at the exact same time that God's wanting to do a new thing here at Harvest Church and a new thing in the body of Christ as a whole. And so, of course, I'm going to kind of go down the route of helps ministry, and that's kind of what she was kicking off too. You know, they're casting the vision. It's time to get united. It's time to get together. It's time for us to, to get up and get going. And you're thinking to yourself, we just got done getting going. I mean, we got a whole lot done here, and yes, we did. We did some things in the physical to get our physical building going, but it's now time for us to get to going spiritually in the spirit to start carrying forth God's plans and purposes here. As we do that, as we unite together, we will catch that vision and go. And so they're casting that vision. They're saying, it's time to go, it's time to go, it's time to go. And you might be thinking, what do I do? Well, that's where I'll come in. I'll tell you. It's the nuts and bolts. I'll bring you the nuts and bolts. I'll show you what we're doing and how we're doing it and what we're going to be moving forward into. So let's jump over to the cha- uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and just start in here. This whole chapter is about helps and the gifts and the body of Christ. And so we're just going to kind of piece this thing apart a little bit here this morning and throw a few things at you. I have taught on helps ministry lots and lots of times over the years. Lots and lots of times. And I've probably referenced this scripture almost every time because it's a perfect scripture. But I don't want to just get up here and give another helps ministry message. I want everybody to recognize the importance of helps ministry and the importance of each individual part doing their part and what that does when it all comes together. So let's start in 1 Corinthians excuse me, chapter 12, verse 4. It says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are differences of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Let's just kind of stop there and take a look at that. 
So, Pastor Kathy's talking about unity and how we need to get together. This is the exact same thing here. There's a lot of different things that go on. You know, even as we remodeled this building, there was a lot of different parts and pieces that took place. But it was all for one goal, and that was to get the building put back together and get us back in here and have a place to worship, have a place to preach and to teach, to do outreaches like Night to Shine, things like that. That was the end goal. And there was one person orchestrating all of that, if you want to call it that, that kind of manages all of that and sees to it that everything, every part and piece from us getting together on work days to the drywall contractors and electricians and the carpet guys and all of these things, all of that flowing and functioning together, lots of little parts coming together, but one person kind of making sure everything falls into place. And it's the same thing inside of a church. Yes, we have lots of different functions going on here at Harvest Church between helps or between children's ministries and nurseries and people keeping the grounds together and the worship team and people in the sound, ushers, security. It goes on and on and on. There's a lot of different parts, but it is one purpose, one spirit leading it all. And so the body of Christ has a lot of different members functioning, but I just want to highlight, you get in this? One spirit, one God, one purpose. We're not here doing it for ourselves, for one person, for us individually. I'm not up here preaching, hoping that at the end of this message, you'll come up, pat me on the back, and say, good message. No, it's one spirit. It's one God. It's for one person. We're following his lead. But it's for the profit of all. You know, Abe getting up and doing worship isn't for Abe. It's not about him. It's not about how good of a musician he is, which he's a great musician. He's very talented in what he does, but that's not what it's for. It's for the profit of all. It's for everyone. Hi, Tammy. Can you hear me? She can't hear me right now. Tammy's back there changing babies' butts. Trust me, by her in there doing that and having those babies in there, it profits all, all of us. You know how distracting it is if we had all them little ones in here right now? You know, and it's not that we purpose to distract. It's not that we don't want the babies here. Don't misread that. This gives us the opportunity to get together, to hear the word of God, to get on the same page. You know, we had a guest here the other day, and they sat in the back corner, and they had a little girl in here. She didn't make up hardly a peep. I doubt hardly any of you even knew they were back there with a little kid. But I was in the sound booth, and that little cute girl would not quit eyeballing me and giving me the googly eye, and I wonder how much church I missed. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. She was so cute, and she was smiling at me and waving. It was fun. But just saying, you get the point. Without those people doing it, the reason that we should be doing these things, the heartbeat of why we go into the nursery and take care of the little ones, because it profits everyone. It's a team effort, working towards the same goal, making the one thing function, and that is the ability for God to say what he wants to say on a Sunday morning, to communicate the heartbeat of God and get it out there. So let's move on here. Let's actually just go ahead and jump down to verse 12. Just the portion that we're skipping over is just kind of talking about the different gifts and how they're all united. It's the same spirit working all those different gifts. The one in, so verse, let's actually see verse 11. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. 
You can almost tongue-tie yourself on that. But you get what's going on there? Yeah, the body's made up of a lot of little different parts, but it's one body. Perfect human representation of how God made us. We've got eyes, fingers, feet, toes, whatever, heart, ears, eyes, all these different parts, but it's one body. It's just one body. No matter which part you're talking about, which part's actually doing something or functioning, which one's not, it's all one body. Okay, so for by, verse 13, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not of the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one in the body, just as he pleased. Okay, so let's talk about this. Helps ministry and his reference of the body. Let's, I couldn't help but use this, and I've always got kind of crude humor, so bear with me a little bit here. I can't help but look at a perfect representation of a body missing a few parts and pieces, and sure, I'm still functioning, but I wonder sometimes, it's been so long, I don't remember what it's like, but I wonder sometimes if I had thumbs, what could I really do? Some of these things. Could I get that scratch better maybe? You know, what, what it might it be? And I've learned to overcome a lot of those things and do it different ways, but I know for a fact a lot of them are a lot slower than what someone with full thumbs could do. Now, I'm not asking for a pity party. Don't misread this. But it just serves as a great example of how, how much more could be function if all the parts were there. Or another thing is like wherever I've been burned from my chest up doesn't release heat. I can't sweat. So really hot days and I'm working, especially this summer, really kicked my butt. I can't get rid of that heat. And I find myself overheating and as frustrating as it is and how much determination I got to go on and want to keep going, I can't. I am just overheated and I literally cannot function. And it drives me nuts. And I wonder, how much more could I have accomplished if I didn't have to deal with that? If the body wasn't missing some of those parts and pieces it needs. And so here we are at Harvest Church. And we've got a lot of members, a lot of parts and pieces. Are they all functioning where they belong? Are they all functioning at their full capacity? Do we got some people chopped about halfway off, not being able to completely do everything they should be able to do? And is it stunting what the body could be doing here at Harvest Church? Or because I have short thumbs, I've learned to do a lot of things with my fingers that most everybody else would do. So my fingers have to work twice as hard sometimes to get the same result that someone else can do because that thumb's not picking up the slack, being lazy, not showing up, not getting the job done. Getting what I'm saying? But if, if all the parts are there, if all of them are doing, though, though it's just a half a thumb, crime and alleys, it's not that big a deal, right? If I don't come to one service or if I don't help with that one outreach, it's just one person. Is it really that big a deal? But what's stunted? What's being missed out on? What potential is falling apart and not being achieved because that one decided not to be a part of the body? Amen? And also turn right around and say the same thing. I'm just a nursery worker. Is it really that big a deal if I don't make it? They can cover for me. 
They can make it without. Or, you know what, we got to shut down nursery today because we couldn't get the nursery workers to show up today. I'm, and don't worry, I'm not picking on nursery workers. I'm just using it as an example. And now all of a sudden that part of the body's not functioning and others have to start scrambling. And others are now missing what they're supposed to be doing and they couldn't be concentrating on sound because their kids aren't in nursery where they belong or, or they can't be doing sound yet because the nursery worker didn't show up yet and they couldn't get rid of their kids when they were supposed to be. It just all has a trickling effect. And I better start picking on a different department because I've realized that I just keep hammering on nursery and that's not my intention. So, again, nursery workers take a deep breath. I'm not picking on you. Just working as an example. But what I'm saying is if the body was functioning as its full potential, how much could we achieve here at Harvest Church? When we did this outreach, or when we had the flood, I think there was some fine display of the body functioning at its full potential. I cannot believe the accomplishments we made in this short amount of time. And I know it seems like it's been forever, six months. I don't think if we hired all of this stuff out, we would be done yet. And that's just the truth. I do construction. I see how this stuff moves and how it's not moving <laughs> half the time. But everything fell right into place. We come together for a work day, and pastor asked me, what do you think? We're going to be able to get done today? And sometimes I'd say, I, I don't think so. It ain't going to happen. And just the right people showed up with the right skills for the right job, and it got done every time. There is not, and I would say this with an honest truth, there is not a single work day that we did that we did not accomplish what we set out to do, if not more. More often than not, it was more. That very first work day, you know what our goal was that day? Just kind of get the mud off the floor. Maybe get the water out of the building. That was our goal that very first work day. When we all showed up that Saturday, our goal that day was to, to suck the stuff off the floor, clear the floors, and maybe scoop some mud out. We had over 75% of the drywall insulation and all of that demoed that first day. We had mounds and mounds of trash out here because there was no preparation for that much work to be done. It was a wonderful problem, wonderful. We should have had five or six dumpsters out here, but we had one, and I thought there's no way we'll need that. <laughs> and we filled it and then some. We used poor old Steve Zalder's tractor and ran that thing hard, loading trash over and over and over. I came out here one day, and we filled that dumpster twice, and and by the end of the day, they couldn't come back again, but it was full for the third time. That was just all in one day trying to catch up from what was taking place. So Night to Shine is another great example of the body functioning, especially I can still remember that first night, as much chaos as it was because we had no idea what we were getting into. It was a huge success, and it was because everybody was involved, everybody was doing their part, doing one little job, and it makes the body flow and the body function perfectly. Okay, let's jump back in here and read a couple more things. Okay, so let's, let's go down to verse, uh, where did I leave off? Anybody even know? Verse 19. Okay, so let's go to verse 19. And if we were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head... To the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which seem to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no, 
have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, and that the members should have the same care for one another. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit, because there's a lot of good stuff there. And I kind of started on this, and then I think I sidetracked myself. But a lot of times I think we get the impression that what we do at Harvest Church, whether it be not the nursery, but maybe uh, the toddler room, teaching those little kids, distracting them basically, keeping them busy, showing them some neat illustration stuff. It's just whatever job. Maybe we can often think, you know, I mow at Harvest Church. Whoop-de-doo. You know, I knock the grass down. That's my, my big part here. And we, we can often be distracted by what looks like the flashier parts to play, like being up front and preaching or being up on the stage and playing an instrument and singing. Those can seem like the flashier things, you know, and that's, that's just people's nature to look at stuff and to think, oh, I want that, or they're better than me because. That is not how it works in the body of Christ, period, period. If we didn't have people who come out here and clean the bathrooms especially, maybe let's zero in on the men's urinals to be more specific. Could you imagine just what a one month would do if those men's urinals didn't get taken care of? <laughs> yeah, after about four hours in a truck stop. Yeah. Or if a year were to go by, it'd just be, it'd be horrendous. If somebody wasn't taking care of that, if, if the mowers just said, screw it, I, this job ain't important, you know, I want to be up front playing tambourine and dancing for everybody. And they decided that their job wasn't important and didn't do it, it'd be a few weeks and this place would look like we'd probably shut down. Maybe those that didn't know any better thought the flood did us in. Grass is growing up tall, weeds are taking over the parking lot. It would, it would take no time at all, I assure you. Those of you who have sprayed weeds and dealt with that, you know you can't let it go. <laughs> they will take over quickly out here. So it would be in no time at all that this place would just fall apart and not look right and not function. And so sometimes we get this idea that those jobs don't count, aren't important. But if those jobs aren't getting done, you know who they're going to eat at the most? That guy. If those weeds aren't getting taken care of, Nate, has he ever harassed you about the weeds? Even if you just sprayed them? He's still already right on top of you, ready to go? Yes, because they bother him. So what's going to happen is if nobody's taking care of him, he's going to be out there doing it. And if he's out there doing it, then guess what he's not doing? He's not praying for your butt. He's not preparing a message for you. He's not getting into the prayer to hear what God has for Harvest Church, which is you. And he's not able to lead us as he has been called to do. He's doing his part. So we do our part, and the whole thing just functions the way it should and so in the days ahead we're going to pick it up we're going to move on and we're going to get some things rolling and we're going to get this stuff knocked out we're, and we have been don't get me wrong but it's a new day it's a new season the way we have always done it isn't going to work no more it just isn't i just know that it's not that it was wrong it's not that it was bad but it's a new day it's a new season Abe made a good example this morning as we were chatting. You know, technology has come an incredibly long ways. I'm catching up to about late 90s, maybe early 2000s. I'm almost getting there. But he made a good point. If you try and run a business today off of the methods of the 90s, I'm going to send some stuff in the mail and send that out to people. 
or, you know, I'm not going to have a cell phone. I'll just check my home phone later today. I can attest to you that if I don't answer my cell phone when that customer calls, by the time I get them called back four hours later, they've found three other people. That's just how it works. People are impatient. It is what it is. It's just the reality, the nature of the beast. Things are moving forward. Technology is changing. It's almost 2020. It's not 1995 no more. Those ways and those times are gone. And it's over. And God is moving on. He's not caught off guard, like, you, like Gabe said. He's not over there in line, can't, get his, can't wait to get his hands on a new iPhone 11, check out them new three cameras. It's going to be some pretty cool stuff he's excited about. No, he's ahead of that already. His technology has surpassed that and then some. He knows where this is all going, and he's got new things for Harvest Church. So, yes, we're going to have the ushers yet. Yes, we'll still have children's ministries, but it's a new season. And some new things are going to be birthed and come forward out of this. And so we've got to be ready to embrace that. I think there's some of you that are going to shift around and move to different places. We were going to kind of do, you remember, anybody remember the helps survey ministry or the helps ministry survey we did a while, a long while back? It was actually clear back in 2013. We'll do something like that. I just don't feel today's the day, so I might intrude upon another Sunday, a little bit at least. But... I do believe its seasons have changed, and so some of you are going to shift and change into different areas of ministry here. I believe wholeheartedly that some of you are sitting on the idea of that next thing. God will give it to me if you don't step up to the plate. Trust me. He's going to get it done one way or the other. His plan will get taken care of. But that's, again, that's the body functioning. Some of you are bursting with potential that you don't even know about. And some of you have been sitting and harboring these ideas, and you've got them, and you need to just share them. So come talk to me. Come talk to us. But then if your idea is terrible and we tell you we don't want to do it, don't get mad. Just get in there and serve, right? And I'm not saying your idea is going to be terrible, but not all of them are always going to work, right? We know that. If you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing here at Harvest Church, we'll find you something to do. But then when you get there, do it with all your heart. Do it with all your heart. Let's move on to a couple things here. Let's go down to 1 Corinthians 27, and then we're going to jump over to a different set of scripture. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. We should all have that pretty well established by now, I would think, this morning. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings. What's that next one? Helps administrations, varieties of tongues, and so on and so forth. I've said this a million times before, but I'm going to repeat it again. That's a list of the gifts that God has set forth. And you see apostles and prophets and evangelists, those that are the flashy ones. But right in that exact same list sets helps. So there's an anointing that goes for an apostle. There's an anointing that goes to the evangelist to do what they've been called to do. And we see them under the anointing, moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And we see how that looks flashy and looks awesome. And those guys are so made so powerful by God. It's just an awesome thing. Helps us in that same list. Don't overlook the obvious that there is an anointing for helps ministry. And I think so often we get into those helps ministry jobs and we get that impression, and we get that idea. This is just the nursery. This is just 
mowing. This is just greeting. I'm just an usher at Harvest Church. And we miss the anointing, the opportunity to have the anointing upon you. And I can guarantee, I'm sure that many of you have no idea what it's like to experience the anointing. Well, take advantage of it. It's awesome. It's like a good awesome high. Just thinking back of some of the old days of drinking some beer. This is the good stuff that doesn't result with the bad results, <laughs> impaired functionality, uh, tickets, and all these other things that you can get, and jail time, and I've just heard stories. But anyway, this is fulfilling. To be under the anointing and to move in the anointing of God is so fulfilling. It is awesome. It's a communion with God. It's operating with his help. You can't beat it. I've experienced it sitting on a mower out here. It has nothing to do with being up here. I've experienced it in the sound booth. I've experienced it on these work days. Digging through the mud, pulling waterlogged, moldy insulation out of the wall. I've experienced the anointing of God because it helps. It's in the list. Don't miss your opportunity to experience the anointing of God and pull on that. Expect it. Say, God, I'm going to go out and mow today, and I need your anointing to do it. So that way I can do it to the best of my ability and the best of your ability and make sure the grounds are up and running the way they should be so when Sunday morning comes around, the people have a nice, taken-care of place to be. Why not? God wants us to move with him day in and day out in everything that we want to do. And when we're serving in helps, we're serving in the word of God, and we're taking care of what he has asked us to do. Okay, let's jump over to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we'll start in verse 4. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Pretty clear, huh? We're all in this for one. Who's that one? He's the one. Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one... Individually, it's talking about, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, we don't have time to get into everything here. But everybody here has been given a gift of God, and it's to serve, and whatever that capacity might be. And sometimes, like I said, that changes and evolves as new seasons of God come on. But whatever department you're currently serving in, you have been gifted by God. But more importantly... In verse 7 there, but to each one of us, grace was given. So I know I've defined this before, and you've probably heard it other places before, but how do you define grace? Anybody got an idea? God's ability. That's, I mean, God's unmerited favor is another one, for by grace you have been saved. You didn't do nothing to deserve that. That's just because God loves the crap out of you. So that's his grace. So that's one side of it, yes. But then when it comes to the gifts... When it comes to working for God, his grace has been given. And the best way to define it is his 
ability. I don't care what you're doing here at Harvest Church, and I don't care how qualified or underqualified you are to do it. You can pull on God's grace, and that is cooperation with the anointing, and it's a wonderful place to be because it takes care of all the lack. So we have revamped our whole entire sound system, and I've had the opportunity to, to work with the Midwest Music and get all that going and learn how it works and things like that. I am not a sound guy by heart. I don't function well as that, never have. It's just never been my forte. But in this season where we're at right now and part of the rebirthing of all of this process, it's right timing for me to be in there and to learn how it works and to help. My, my goal is to help that department get up and running to a greater potential than it's ever had before. And I have never experienced the grace of God so much in my life. Because you get into the deep, nitty-gritty things of this. I struggle enough with my iPhone, for crying out loud. Keep it simple, because I am stupid on that stuff. That's why I like to keep it even keel. I don't really care about the new iPhone 11, because then i got to learn something new about how the phone works. I just want mine to keep working and never die. But that never happens like that. So I always got to learn now and then. But, so I thought to myself, okay, not only is it new technology, but then the soundboard... It's amazing what you can get into and what you can tweak and how all of that works. And it just, as we have done this, it makes perfect sense to me. If anybody knows me just a little bit, you know that there's no way that that statement should add up. I don't get that stuff. I just never really have. I'm not a computer guru. I could care less to ever use a computer for that matter. My phone's enough technology for me. But working on the sound stuff, it just has started to just click and make sense. That's the grace of God. I don't care what you've got to do here at Harvest Church. If you get stuck in a spot, in a sense, that you never would have thought you should be doing and qualified to do, then pull on that grace. There's nothing that you can't do because of the grace of God. He'll anoint you to do so. We get in there and we do that and we take care of business. Amen? I can't stress that enough. The grace of God is so important. And you can do that in your own job. You can do that when you have a conversation with somebody. You know you're supposed to talk to somebody about the things of God, but you don't know what to say and how to do it. Ask God. Pull on that grace. Say, God, you have graced me to do this, so I expect your ability to come upon me and take care of this and help me out and get this done. There have been times doing what I do as construction, and we get into a pinch and I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what the right way to handle this problem is. And so I just got to lean on God. And before you know it, the thing will start unraveling in my mind. And it just makes sense. It's not because I'm that great of a carpenter. It's because I have the grace of God. Amen. And when he graces you, you can. it's just amazing. It's amazing what he will grace you to do. So again, as you come to Harvest Church and you get plugged in and you start doing your thing, don't miss those two things. Don't let those two things slip by and just do your job at Harvest Church. Pull on the anointing. Pull on the grace of God. Not only will you be able to do some amazing things, but you might start to enjoy it. Instead of being kind of frumpy about it and complaining about it. Oh, I got to serve in children's church this week. Or whatever it might be. I don't know. You know what I mean? If you start realizing your attitude stinks, and your attitude's going downhill, that's when it's time to start pulling on some grace. Remind yourself of the opportunity. 
Let's look at one more scripture. In uh, back to First Corinthians, we'll start right at the end of chapter twelve. So yes, I can work. We're just going to keep picking on nursery. I can work in the nursery, and I can take care of little kids, and I can wipe their butts and change their stinky diapers, all that fun stuff, and make sure they're entertained and try to keep them from crying because mom just walked out the door, and they really struggle with that sometimes, and oh my gosh, are they ever going to stop crying? And I'm about ready to pull my hair out and throw a toy through the window and scream at pastor and whatever. All of that stuff starts to come upon us. And don't get me wrong. I don't care what you do here at Harvest Church. You're going to have days that you're going to hate it. That's just the way it is, okay? Our attitude stinks sometimes. So here is the best way to get yourself out of that funk and get yourself back to wondering, why do I do this? Why do I put up with these little brats in this room? No, I'm not saying anything like that. But we need to have the proper motivation. It's not just because that's my job at Harvest Church. No, there's a, there's a reason we do these things, and, and let this be your proper motivation. So 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, and verse 31, and we're rolling to chapter 13. Because remember, when they wrote this stuff, there wasn't chapters and verses and all that. So don't let that shut you down and think that chapter 13, verse 1, is a completely different book and a start all over. It rolls right in. Um. Okay, so but, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet, so we've been talking about how the body flows, the gifts of God, how they all function together, and all of that. And then it rolls into what seems like a whole different thing. Well, it's actually, you know, the, the, uh, the only reason this was written is so they have a scripture to read at weddings. Didn't you know that? 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter of love. That's what this was written for. That's where you hear it. And yeah, it applies, but it's not what they're talking about. They're talking, it's rolling right off of helps ministry and the gifts of God. So let's move on into this. Chapter 12, verse 31. But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but not have not love, it profits me nothing. You can be the best of the best, but in the kingdom of God, if it's not wrapped up in love, if it's not motivated and moved by love, pointless. You can be the best children's church teacher we have. Phenomenal with those kids. But if you're not doing it out of love, what's the point? That's this new season. That's part of this new season. Let me rephrase that. That's part of this new season. There's going to be that separation. Those that are not motivated properly. Because I can't help but see this new season come upon, and some aren't going to want to get with the program. And do I want anybody to get mad, leave, or quit what they're doing? No. We need people. That's how this works. But if that motivation isn't proper, I'm tired of noise. 
I am so tired of noise. Clanging cymbals, sounding brass, noise from here, noise from there. We have the best product over here. We're the best political party over here. My agenda is more important than yours. My view counts more than yours. My feelings are offended. I don't care. I don't. And I'm sorry if that offends you this morning. No. It's noise. It is noise. And I'm tired of noise. And we can't let that noise get into what we're doing and what God has called us to do. And you know what? What did Jesus say would separate his disciples from the world? They will know you because you love one another. That love separates you. It, it, it just draws you out because people don't love each other. We hate each other. I'm better than you because my view is. Your view is terrible and, and this is what's right. You're wrong. It's noise. But if we move and we're motivated by love, that starts a separation. That love for one another. So let's bring it back to helps. The reason, I, I could go into that nursery right now for the next month and take care of those babies and allow love to motivate me. Love for the fact of not only them babies, but I love you guys enough that I'm willing to do that to give you an opportunity to come in here and hear the word of God undistracted by your child. Because you can't tell me if your children were in here right now, you wouldn't be distracted by them. And you wouldn't be hearing how awesome of a message this is. No, I'm kidding. Again, I can't, I can't hold serious too long, so feel free to laugh with me. Quit laughing at me. But let love motivate you to serve God here at Harvest Church. Let love motivate you to do what you might think is your menial, menial job here at Harvest Church, to be a blessing to the body of Christ, these other people sitting with you. Amen? If we allow that love to motivate us, then we, don't, then we can, when we start having those bad days, when we think, oh, it's my week to clean the church again, I wonder how disgusting those men's urinals are going to be this week. Let love motivate you to get out there and do that. And then pull on that grace. Pull on that anointing. Be the most anointed urinal cleaner we got. Go for it. Seriously. You know, I joke, but it's I'm serious when it comes to that stuff. It's there. It's available. Let's not let it slip by. What time is it? Time to shut up. So, I was originally intending on, and so let me do a little business here as I close up. We will do the helps ministry survey stuff again because I want to hear from you. I don't want to force you to do something you do not like, and it is a struggle every week because there have been times that it's time to shift and move and do different things, and, and the needs change as this new season comes upon us. And so we'll shift and move. So if you're desiring something like that, and you can always come talk to me about it. You know, I know it's hard to get up in front of the whole church and express your opinion, but it, if you come talk to me or, or use this survey as we come up in, in the near future here and do this, use this survey as your opportunity to say, hey, you know, I don't know if I like it here so much, but I like it there. You know, can I pick on Kyle for a second? I asked him to usher. This has been, what, a couple of years ago, three years ago? I asked him to usher. He said, okay, I'll do it. I, it frustrated the crap out of him, I'm sure of it. It just wasn't a right fit. And he finally come to me and said, 
I don't want to do this no more. And I was like, you're kidding me. We need you. You're good at this. You can do this. And he said, I'd rather be up there. And then we shifted gears, and it was a blessing. It was right. It was the right move because then that frees his heart up to get into what, you know, he's desiring to do. And, again, maybe you're going to have to be where you don't think you want to be. So that's when you pull on the grace. You pull on the anointing, and you, you do it out of love. But we just want to make sure that everybody's functioning in the right spot. And like I said earlier, I think some of these ideas are sitting in you guys. This new season ideas are sitting in you, and you guys have to birth them out, puke them out, and I'll help you put wheels on them and get them going. But we, we just need to, to, to do a little bit of revamping here at Harvest Church. Things aren't going to be the way they were always being. All these things that we used to do, yes, we still got to have a children's ministry, but that doesn't mean it's got to be the way it always was. Worship is changing. Have you noticed? It's changing. Why wouldn't it start there? That's what I told Abe. Why wouldn't it start right there? The worship is evolving into this new season. The rest of it's coming in line too. So we'll do that. We'll get into that. And I've got some things that will go along with that that I wrote down way back then, and they're, they're kind of prophetic-ish, if you want to call it that. I, I usually tend to be more on the pathetic-ish side, but this was kind of prophetic-ish, of what these departments have for potential and what I see in them and what basically God has put in my heart to see in them. And I want those in your heart. But I think we've got to shift around a little bit first, and once we get people shifted, I'll share those with you. And it, and it's, it can help motivate us to what our goal in those areas are. So we'll be doing that in the days ahead. So be a part of that. Come next week. Join us for our celebration service. Don't miss that. And, and communion for the first time here. I think that's going to be awesome. That's kind of cool. So let's do that. And then, again, we'll get back into this after that. So be thinking. What do I want to do at Harvest Church? Has God put something on my heart? Do I have that idea? Maybe that's me. Okay? Amen. So let the grace of God flow in and through you. Amen? Amen. Pastor.